0: On today's Fantasy Baseball on 15, we discussed Nelson Lamette's shortened debut and a Rookie of the Year candidate in the Marlins rotation. Like Duff and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not me. had uh, three go throughs yet. Uh, it works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist.
1: Fantasy Baseball on 15 on The Athletic.
0: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, April 22nd. Derek Van Riper here with Nando Defino. Let's get it going with the denelson Lemet news. And you were worried about this with the Padres in general when we spoke yesterday, Nando. denelson Lemet comes back and he leaves his first start of the season after just two innings with right forearm tightness. Of course, he had an elbow strain last September and tried to rest and rehab it. He is scheduled for an MRI. This doesn't look good. We've seen this before, and we have a pretty good idea of how stories like this tend to go. Um, and the other bad news for San Diego from earlier this week is Adrian Morejon That's is guy. going to have to undergo a Tommy A John surgery. Yeah, I mean, he's one of my guys that I thought could be sort of a glue guy in that rotation. So this all leads us back to a question about Ryan Weathers, and you were pretty skeptical of him as a possible rotation candidate when we spoke a couple days ago.
1: Uh, well, I mean, let's not put words in my mouth, DVR. I, uh, <laughs> all I said was not enough data for me to really embrace him as much as you were embracing him. That's all. He didn't. Have, he just doesn't have enough minor league track record. It's the same kind of way. I think I brought up Drew Smiley when I made the comparison. But I mean, now I, I think I'm forced to like him. Although he could be on a different team, you know, in a week. San Diego's. They're very aggressive. They could go out and make a move and grab somebody. I don't know who, but uh, somebody.
0: Yeah, they are not going to sit idly by given the offseason they had. They're going to try and find some sort of trade partner. Let's go to Atlanta. The Athletics' David O'Brien had a ton of updates on the Braves. Ronald Acuna, who's been dealing with an abdominal strain, could be back on Friday. Christian Pache, unfortunately, does not have a timetable to return just yet from his groin injury. Uh, Drew Smiley, who was on the IL with a forearm injury, is lined up to start Saturday against Arizona. And his rotation mate, Max Freed, is still day-to-day with a hamstring strain that he suffered while running the bases. So with all of this, Bryce Wilson is likely to start on Sunday against Arizona. Possibly a streaming situation for him this weekend, given the Diamondbacks lineup is not necessarily one to fear. Um, let's get to Ty France. This is why you're here. I mean, Ty France <laughs> could be back in the lineup Thursday against Boston. He's been day-to-day since getting hit by a pitch on Monday. I just want to play a quick game of over-under with you on the rest of season projections for Ty France.
1: Right now, it's all going to be over. We could just, we, I, we, I could save you time.
0: Well, i got to give the numbers to the people and, and <laughs> all right. you know, let them judge you for your opinion. I don't even look at the numbers yet. The bat has a two forty seven average for Ty France the rest of the season. Over-under.
1: Uh, I uh, trans, fix those notes 274 do that sesame street thing where you change the seven and the four very slowly and they lock into place
0: okay yeah it's kind of like the, one of the price is right games too where you move it, take a number out and squeeze the numbers over but you just don't have the the other four to the right of that seven yeah. but I, I, <laughs> the I horns only honking saying.
1: once on this one dvr
0: <laughs> 17 homers uh rest of season over from this point forward yeah, because I would give him twenty for the year if he gets seventeen yeah. more.
1: That's uh, yeah. You know, I gotta go over. I believe in his power. I think it's. I think it's legit. I think he could hit like twenty-one from this point forward. I think he finished closer to thirty than twenty.
0: This is the part where I wonder if it's like a perfectly accurate sort of projection: fifty-five RBIs and fifty-five more runs. Because the Seattle lineup, even when you bring up a top prospect or two, is still not a great lineup. So over/under on the runs and RBIs at fifty-five each. You
1: know he's going to have a nice spot in that lineup. I think he'll at least hit his way. I believe it. You know if he if he comes back and he's like seventh, I think he'll at least hit his way into three, four, five. So I'll go over on that. I'm bullish on Ty France. We've seen a lot of bad players on, or good players on bad teams collect those stats just from their place in the lineup. So I'm over.
0: All right, Not a surprise, of course, but it gives people an wow. idea of where Ty France might be going the rest of the season. A few more injury items to pass along. Gio Urshela, day-to-day with back tightness. For now, no further tests are scheduled. We'll see if that changes in the next 24 hours or so. Justin Upton left in the eighth inning of Wednesday's game against the Rangers due to cramps. Doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue as the, Rangers, as the Angels begin a series with the Astros on Thursday. And Colton Wong, who has been on the IL with an oblique strain, is lined up to return Friday against the Cubs. Let's talk about a few Wednesday standouts. I hinted at this up top, Nando. Trevor Rogers shaping up to be a rookie of the year candidate in that Marlins rotation, seven scoreless with eight strikeouts against the Orioles on Wednesday. ERA now sitting at 164 whip sitting at one for the season, 31 strikeouts against 10 walks so far in 22 innings. Really the walks are the only skills concern that we've seen so far, but he has been great so far.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so many more people than me were on Trevor Rogers before this year started. And I was just kind of, you know what it is DVR. And I, I, Maybe, you know, this is a problem with a lot of people. He's got such a plain name that <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, it just sounds like a 1989 common card name. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Trevor Rogers. All right, whatever. Um, but, yeah, he's dude, That he's legit. That Marlins rotation, if Hernandez, I don't know what the future holds for that poor guy. But um, they can be very dangerous. There's a lot of value there. And Trevor Rogers, I 100% am on board with you as a possible Rookie of the Year candidate. 1000%. I'm all over
0: him. He's got a teammate with uh, an 80 grade name, Jazz Chisholm, who's also going to be a candidate for the rookie of the year award.
1: They got someone special.
0: Oh, uh, Jazz is great, and I think it's <laughs> to your point, there is a little bit of truth to this. In in the minds of like voting for awards and things, if Jazz Chisholm and Trevor Rogers both have equally great seasons in terms of war, right? If on paper, as much as a hitter and a pitcher can both look about equal, I could see Jazz just winning because he's Fun, right? Cool name, yeah. blue hair, really great personality. Chains
1: chains are bouncing everywhere while he's running. Just an
0: all around fun player. I could see that being the difference. But Trevor Rogers looking really good. If he was one of your pitching sleepers coming to the season, he's delivered so far. Uh Tyler Malley, six and two thirds scoreless, nine K's. Didn't get a decision though, unfortunately, in that Reds Diamondbacks game. Max Scherzer pitched really well, six scores with nine K's. We saw Ian Anderson go in and survive in Yankee Stadium, which doesn't surprise Yankee fans right now because that offense has been pretty bad. But six and two-thirds scoreless, 4Ks against the Yankees in the Bronx, I would take that every day from anybody because this offense will wake up. I know they haven't clicked yet. I don't think the Yankees' offense is going to be bad all season. I think the turnaround is not far away.
1: Our our friend, your friend of mine, Ian Khan, Con, <laughs> is convinced that Luke Voigt is like the missing puzzle piece to unlock this Yankee awesomeness. Um, but he did, he made a good point. Like it was, kind of like he's kind of got like a locker roomy kind of thing. It's not just Luke Voigt, the beast being out there. It's kind of like he brightens the rest of the team up, um, which I guess is the only, that's all I can think of. I mean, you know, like Giancarlo Stanton is kind of a slow starter. Um, remember when he came over to the Yankees that first year when he, like his apartment was messed up and everyone's like, oh, that's the problem. He can't, he's not, he's not relaxed. (laughs) Um, I don't know, man, there's just something, something's off. Something's very off, and I don't know if it's Aaron Boone or not, but you can't be 6-11 and 11 if you're the Yankees.
0: No, you're never going to get away with that, but they were 3-under 500 on April 14th in 2019, and they won 103 games that year. So Look at you, Yankees apologist all of a sudden? They could have losing seasons every year for the next 200 years, and it would make me happy, but I'm just realistic about that team. It's the same team that's top five in WRC Plus year over year. It's the same guys, and I don't think they all got so old so fast that they're a bad offense i think void is a really important piece in that offense he's at least 20 to 30 percent better than league average most years so that means something especially when the bench is not always great but usually their bench guys step up and play well too speaking of bench guys i owe an apology to the phillies most specifically to brad (laughs) miller four for five and he made a start at second base i don't think he could play second base anymore I thought they were just screwed in the middle infield, but they actually played him in that spot. Brad Miller was good last year as a fill-in for the Cardinals, so I'm on board. If Brad Miller temporarily gets some run, at least against righties, he can play in deep mix leagues.
1: Yeah, I, I came very, very close to taking him in a couple leagues uh, in the, the you know our NFBC DCs. Uh, I didn't because I just wasn't sure he was going to be able to repeat, but he did last year. He's back, man. It's the Brad Miller of old. <laughs> the Brad Miller DVR used to hate when he played for St. Louis. There's some real power in that bat.
0: Uh, I kind of with gritted teeth played him on a lot of teams last year, and I think I've always liked Brad Miller because he hit a couple homers his rookie season that led me to a pretty nice uh, DFS tournament payout way back in the day now, so... I always have a special place in my heart for Brad Miller. Uh, Byron Buxton homered again on Wednesday. He's got six in 12 games already. So this Byron Buxton power transformation that I doubted throughout the offseason appears to be very real. Uh, So that that correction train just keeps on rolling. Austin Riley, two for two with a homer in the aforementioned Braves-Yankees matchup. Maybe he's starting to heat up at just the right time. It's been a bit of a slow start for Riley.
1: Yeah, I was I was going into the season just if there was a DH slam dunk grab Austin Riley everywhere and bring him up like 50 80p spots. Uh but I mean he's this one of those guys who's going to play his way into playing time. Got a lot of power, had nice average in the minors. Um I mean he's just he's ready to explode and I think be a steady Josh Donaldson for his career.
0: Yeah, I mean he's got the raw power to possibly have 30 home run seasons. I wonder if he'll ever hold the K rate low enough to max out power-wise. I think he's a good player. I like what he was doing in the shortened season, so I'm sticking with him for now where I've got him because I think the payoff even in the bottom third of the Braves lineup could be a pretty significant one from Riley.
1: Oh, 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 DVR.
0: Lewis Brinson, one for four. I was going to get there. (laughs) I didn't see him in there. (laughs) I didn't put him on the rundown. I was still going to get there. (laughs) All right, sorry. Thank you for letting people know, though, because he's important to our show. Let's get to the Thursday streamers. Uh, Not a great list of names. I'm going to run through them. You tell me if you trust any of these guys. We've got Alex Cobb at Houston think that the Astros coming out of Colorado maybe struggle a little bit, air density and VMI and everything. Uh, Mitch Keller going up against the Tigers. Jose Urania on the other side against the Pirates. Taylor Widener against the Reds. Jeff Hoffman against Arizona. Aaron Sanchez against Miami. Nick Pavetta against Seattle or Trevor Williams against the Mets. I mean, some days are not meant for streaming. And in shadow leagues, I would say that definitely is true of Thursday.
1: So I'm kind of the opposite. Like these are all the guys. This is like a list of people I would love to. First of all, Alex Cobb, I think, should be Widely on rosters, he shouldn't be a streamer. I think he should be like a seventy percent owned pitcher. He's somehow striking people out, which he's never done before. Um, And I think this, you know, the theme here DVR is going to be, I think, new teams because for me, it's like the guys who jump out to me are Cobb, wildly Urania. Urania, I think, is a different pitcher now with Detroit. I think they've they've kind of unlocked something in him. He's striking out way more people. Um, He throws ninety five. You know, it might just be a couple tweaks that they made. Taylor Widener, I think, is borderline legitimate. Um, you know, he was a, he was kind of a top prospect coming up. People talked about him, then stopped, and now everyone's talking about him again. And I think he was ticketed for relief and just kind of fell his way into this what could have been John Duplantier's role in that rotation. Um, and he's been great. Jeff Hoffman, Cincinnati is like a team that just unlocks your crazy strikeout potential. And I think we're looking at maybe a Drew Pomeranzi kind of thing where you're out of Colorado these skills finally come through. You know, they're unclouded. And uh, he's got Derek Johnson, as pitching coach, who's just like, listen, j- just strike everybody out. Just show me the strikeouts. Um, and Nick Pavetta, to a degree, I think the Red Sox are in need of a stopper. And Pavetta seems like he might just have to be that guy. Uh, so I'm kind of into a few of these guys here today.
0: Yeah, I think if I had to pick two, Cobb against Houston and Hoffman against Arizona are the two that I'm most comfortable with, in part because I think, Cobb is probably the best pitcher of the bunch rest of season, but Hoffman in Cincinnati is interesting. I'm totally with you there, and I don't respect the Arizona lineup right now, which will probably burn me because I didn't respect Philadelphia's bench, and Brad Miller came out and wrapped out four hits yesterday.
1: Well, it's different. At least you're talking about the lineup, which is, you know, the elite. Yesterday, you made fun of the bench, which is the guys we all root for. That's why it hurt a little more.
0: Speaking of Cincinnati, I wanted to take our stock watch segment and take a look at the Cincinnati bullpen. Amir Garrett, who I really liked throughout draft season, has not pitched well to begin the year. Blown save Wednesday night, enter with a three run lead for the season. 4Ks against seven walks, three homers allowed, nine hits in five innings. His hold on those save opportunities has to be slipping away a bit. How do you see things possibly getting reshuffled? Is it Lucas Sims or is it somebody else that you'd be looking to to possibly take on a larger share of that role?
1: I know what you're baiting me into, and I'm just going to say it. it's going to be Jose De Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's I think he's more of a bulk guy for them though. No, he's pitched he his last two he pitched an inning, struck out three. Pitched an inning, struck out three, back to back days. Anyway, the point is. They're pitching him a lot in the bullpen now, suddenly. Just trust me on this one. Jose De Leon's going to be the closer in that bullpen. He's got the stuff.
0: It's possible. I didn't realize they were shortening him up as much as they did. I thought they were going to use him two innings at a time.
1: One inning, three Or oh, do, do you have the game log in front of you?
0: Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's He's pitched on back-to-back days, so he probably won't pitch on Thursday. But three games in a row now with one inning or less after the... Brief time in the rotation, so I would say, yeah, he's got to be a candidate, right? If you're short relief there, you, you could be. Uh, Lucas Sims was my first thought because I've had him in a few places, sort of waiting on him to be the next option up if, if Garrett did struggle. But I'm surprised Garrett is struggling this much. I really thought he was going to take the job and and run with it this season. That is going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying the show on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and review, we'd greatly appreciate that. For Nando Defino, I'm Derek Van Riper. We are back on Friday.